Welcome back to another episode of Soma Soulworks. Where do faith and art meet? What does it mean to be made in God's image, knowing his nature as a creator? This podcast is an open-ended wrestling with God at the seam of Christianity and creativity as artisans working in the world of arts and entertainment. Okay, welcome back to the Soma Soulworks podcast. Today we're actually continuing a bit from the uh, from the previous episode. We were talking about the interaction, kind of what it could be, what it should be between the sphere of uh, entertainment and the sphere of business. One of the uh, kind of sidebar topics that came out of here really is a question of ownership and of scarcity. Um, we talked about how a lot of times um, creatives, and this is songwriters, painters, certainly video game artists, et cetera, that in the end, they wind up in a in a deal with a, with a business partner, uh, and in the end, they don't own their own work. And so that could be that they don't own their book, they don't own their song. Um, I think about um, that that thing a while back where Prince came out and said he, he was releasing his new album and how he'd made some gazillions of dollars. Oh, by the way, I'm also totally broke, right? Because he didn't actually own his own stuff. So... This comes into um, a very buzzwordy thing going on right now, which is NFTs. We're going to talk about the potential role that NFTs may or may not play for this question. So um, if you're if you're new to this or it's just been confusing because it is confusing, here's what I think I know about NFTs. Lord knows I could be wrong. So uh, NFT stands for non-fungible token. And uh, in the long and the short of it, an NFT is an entry on a blockchain that says that this thing exists. Um, it could be almost anything, but we're gonna be specifically talking about the notion that there is a piece of art. So that could be a, a painting, a piece of digital art, it could be an avatar, a song, a story, whatever. The notion is that the NFT represents an entry in, in a blockchain so that its provenance can be proven, its ownership can be proven, and the fact that this is real can be proven. So. To give you an example in the in a, in the physical world, the Mona Lisa, like that's one thing, right? It, it is the the one Mona Lisa, but there are probably I don't know twenty hundred thousand copies, right? And so everything from little postcards to everything else, um, but the one in the Louvre is is important because it's the real one. Are you sure? Well, or I may mean, no, but mm, someone no else says it's sure. No, that's another podcast. But the point is, there is a process by which the legitimacy, the authenticity right. of that art can be proven, um, at least to the satisfaction of the people who care. And because of that, we know that this version, this Mona Lisa, is valuable because it's the one. Now, in digital art, that doesn't exist because um, I can copy digital art all I want and no one can tell which one's first and not to mention um, uh, no one cares. And so there's no, <laughs> there's no degradation of quality or anything else. So like the copy of a copy of a copy of a digital asset is just as good as the original. So who cares? That's good. Um, mm -hmm. That makes digital art by and large valueless. NFTs, the notion of that I can prove that this particular piece of art is real means that I can sell it, means that it can build value, presumably because of scarcity. And so that is, that's sort of part of the process. And it's the part that we're going to be chatting about a little bit now. Um, here is a here is a thesis, which you can agree or disagree. We, we talked in the last episode that so long as the sphere of arts and entertainment, that we don't own the fruit of our own labor, so in that case, we don't own our Mona Lisa's, we don't own our songs, our stories, our work, because it always goes away. And that's partly because of our relationship with business, but it's also because of the nature of digital art. But as long as we don't own it, then we will always be subject to some other sphere. 
NFTs perhaps at least allow for the possibility of permanent ownership or ownership that we can negotiate uh, on a fair playing field. Um, I want to be clear, like, there are a hundred other conversations about NFTs that have to do with environmental concerns and efficiency and electricity. Those are all important and true. They're just not what we're talking about today. So first, let me ask this question is, do you see that there is or is not any real value for people like us to own our work permanently? Um, or is that a pipe dream and it doesn't really matter? The silence is deafening. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've been thinking like about what I've created for our games, like what artwork I've created for my game, for the games and stuff like that. And one of the things that um, we've done, actually, like in our credits, is we I'm not labeled as an artist in our credits, so people can't go and look at it to see what did Aaron create for this game. And mm. so, as a and that's, that's part of our um, something we've we've talked about as a company, part of their our value to be like, um, I'm blanking on why we do this actually. Chris, can you say why we do that? Cause I can't remember, <laughs> I'm like really hard blanking here. So long story short, it comes from the Quaker tradition of avoiding honorifics. And so again, I'm, I'm happy to talk about it, but the notion was we act as a team, not as a bunch of individuals. And so if you compare it to a cathedral, if every Mason had carved their name in every brick, like, oh, that brick was laid by Ted, but that one was laid by Randy, it gets weird. Mm -hmm. Like it's the cathedral that's built together and that I think a game is more like that than it is like a painting. Okay. Um, hmm. So that part, when I think about what then how that applies to me as an artist, but my art, it really goes into video games right now. I don't have a lot of extra time for personal, or I don't have the energy for it, et cetera. So my art is in games. But when it, I don't put my name on it, don't put it, it's like my ownership of it becomes part of the companies. And I have to kind of figure out where does that label, where, where do this label and this ownership for me, um, how much am I feeling good about that? And I just bring this up because with NFTs then, there's this question of like how much do I – feel a need to have ownership over it because right now my current work gets signed over to the company and it isn't mine. It is the company's. I'm a, I'm a contributing factor to it. But it, again, it's not my work anymore um, tech, on the legally, technicality, stuff like that. So yeah, we, there's a, at least within our specific sphere of gaming, a lot of so much in, under the contracts is under this is not yours. Even and there's a lot of contracts in our industry where it's like, if you work for me, you don't get anything you make, even if it's not directly related to our product, is mine. You don't get to make your right. own product on the side as well, mm -hmm. or work for someone else on the side. Because I own your conceivably, I own your time. What's I own wild the fruit is of your we labor. can just take that piece of art that you made for the game and put an NFT yep. on it for ourselves. Like, yes, mm -hmm. that's kind of wild when you think about With it. With like the that. permission from the IP holder. <laughs> yeah. Right. right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Redwall might have something to say about that, but yeah. well, let's assume it's not Redwall we're talking about. What about if it's G? That's our IP. Yeah. 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 So just. I mean, I think the the great thing about NFT is like there is value with like knowing if this is an original piece of art, mm -hmm. and the meta for NFT provides that, right? Like it mm -hmm. provides. I think there's value there, um, like you said, because mm -hmm. everything can be copied and. I think it's valuable to the person that made it to be able to own something, um, whether they want to sell it or not. I just think that part, the mechanic of NFTs, is, is useful. 
mm-hmm. for that information. If somebody if somebody values if their value is in the ownership of their art, see the funny thing is is I went back to the natural knee jerk of, well great I own my art I can't eat it, <laughs> you know right. it's like again my value runs back to okay now I own this who wants to pay me some money for it? Yeah. Well There's, I'm just looking how, at it like yeah. it, uh, painters. <laughs> paint they they put their initials on paintings that's an nft to me like like that i'm my signature on this is i I painted this thing i'm claiming it's mine yeah like that's how i identify it um that's that's how kind of i'm looking at it right Mm -hmm. you're right you can't it's not going to feed you directly but it does provide something though like you said Mm -hmm. you know if if value and your value is the fact that you now have your stamp of ownership Mm -hmm. your digital signature so to speak and it can be it can be traced back to the genesis that it started with you, and that's you know that's in the blockchain and that's verified. Yeah, that might be a killer value to somebody. It'll be interesting to see how this plays out because I yeah. I remember in the early days, um, you know, people constructing portfolios. It was like, wait, a, is this this really in your portfolio, or did did you take this from somewhere else and <laughs> kind of reimagine it a little bit? And I think. NFTs might actually like legitimize artist portfolios in a way that mm. we haven't had before. Um. <laughs> There's a um, one of the apps that is being used right now um, to create art is called Procreate, and it has the ability to record what you're doing, kind of set on by default. Mm-hmm. So you can look at that. And one of the um, I'm someone who watches TikToks a lot, and there was a uh, a really funny video of someone saying, oh, yes, this is my original piece of art. See, I'm erasing it. I, it's obviously mine. And <laughs> all the comments are like, that's not how you prove that's your art. You have to show the, either the process from the <laughs> timeline of Procreate or you have to show your layers. And you have to have multiple layers. You don't Maybe get that have person was one, really dyslexic. One slot, mm. like, oh, and now it, it has been memefied on TikTok specifically. Mm-hmm. But that was just, it's like, that's actually one of the ways that people have started showing ownership is by showing their <laughs> that is process. So clever. And their PSDs. It's like, yes, here's my layers. Here's my things. This is mine. I actually made this. Or by actually recording themselves yeah. making it. Like, or whatever happened to watermarks. Those That was a right. way in Photoshop you, right. could, you could claim ownership. by. Yeah, but so many people can draw over that. Yeah. It was too easy. It was the fungible aspect, which is interesting about the blockchain. It's according to all the data I've heard, you cannot break it. It is unfungible. Which is crazy, because that means it's always able to be proven, and that's just the nature of this new tech. I'll mm-hmm. believe that when I see it. Like that is the promise. I agree with you, but there's yeah. some smart cats out there. So, so what does fungible? What does fungible mean? It sounds like a total made-up word. No, fungible means that uh, that that elements are interchangeable, and so uh, so the deal. Like so, I said we said in the last episode, like. Every dollar bill is the same, right? And so uh, we can trade them back and forth, and there's nothing unique about them. Mm. Um, so that's a fungible asset. I see. Um, but they do—they are unique because every single one has serialized. a number. Well, that's because they're non-fungible, yeah. right? So that's like the whole thing is like they—they are unique. They're serialized or whatever yeah. it is. Uh-huh. Yeah. What let me let me kind of put this in a different thing. Is we hear the story all the time about the uh, so Van Gogh is a great example. Mm-hmm. The guy who dies broke. <laughs> And it is later that his work is is brought up as super valuable and, and cool, but but it's and I don't know exactly the years here, but at some point it's sort of in the public domain. Yeah, and uh, and so like literally he never got a, you know a dime, and neither did his heirs or anything else. Now, yeah. maybe that's not entirely true, but this is the story at least that I'm told. So, so Mark, you said 
great, you own your art, but I can't eat it. Mm. What would happen, however, if you find that someone, someone from the sphere of business, had found one of your pieces of art, picked it up off the sidewalk, and then somehow was able to start making money with it, um, and you were not part of that process? Pissed off. See? (laughs) That has happened to me. Oh, yeah? Oh, really? Yeah. I came across a video of a YouTuber I watched who had found one piece of my art, from it was fan art that I made, but Mm. I put it online, and, and Leah did it. I also had the signature on it too. Mm-hmm. But he had cropped it because he was talking about this character I'd make fan art of. Uh, cropped it so my signature wasn't in there and he hadn't credited me in his comments. Oh, Bastard. Oh. I called him out on it and I'm assuming, I can't remember if he fixed it or not. It's been four, five, four or five years since that happened but that happened. Mm. It's like, hey. That's why I always put my signature on the eye of a character. <laughs> <laughs> right? Zoom in. It's right there. It's like, <laughs> That's your NFT. Enhance. Yeah. It is. I, I'm not, it's, like, it's right next to the character part but he cut it off just enough that yeah. it's like still seal the majority of the thing but it was like I was like, wait, that's my picture in his video. It was one of the first times I, it really had happened to me where it was like, yeah. obviously this. And in all honesty, since then, I've been a lot more tentative about actually posting up my work in, a, in just random spaces unless I actually don't care if it gets used. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Well, and that, in a digital world, it's so easy. Like I can take any stupid screenshot. Yeah. Heck, I can take a photo of my screen. and that, mm-hmm. like, It's so easy to get yeah, around that stuff. So, And I don't think that that's a dog worth beating either. It just It's impossible. There's this whole question about fair use. Cause, but there is a different question when someone starts making money off that. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, yeah. at least I'm interested in the possibility. Take, for example, one of the things you can do with an NFT contract is you can write code into it that – conceivably would maintain your ownership of it forever regardless of its regardless of what happens next and that you always get a little something something off the top so say for example anytime someone uses your piece of art they get you, you get a nickel whatever it is i don't know um that is at least intriguing mm-hmm. um to see how that works or or to know that you couldn't you 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 conceivably could make it so that your art couldn't ever be used without your permission or, that, or without getting compensated. Was that kind of like the Paul McCartney owning Happy Birthday? Hmm. Paul McCartney owns Happy yeah, Birthday? Yeah, one of the what? Beatles years what? ago bought the rights to the song Happy Birthday. Oh. And I don't know. Lifetime later, rights? later, Yeah, well, something over a certain amount of time or, huh. or whatever. I, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be fun to Google that. But um, anyways, and so, yeah, now apparently, even though everybody sings Happy Birthday, but... If it's put in a in a product and or you know if it's marketed and it's creating money, yeah, he gets a rev share. Or should should be getting a rev share. Now, how to track that worldwide? Kind of yeah, a copyright that, thing. <laughs> you have a thousand Especially lawyers. Especially that popular song. And you know. Well, there's a part of yeah. me that's like the the headache of tracking that seem seems <laughs> like un- intolerable, but. Like if the headache went away because it was automated on the blockchain, mm. that actually is, like, I'm cool with that. If 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 I'm using this song and and it's easy for me to pick it up and use it, and I, and mm. Paul McCartney gets a, a buck, I I don't care. Mm. I think that's actually probably pretty cool. Yeah, there is an interesting thought though that Aaron brought up, which is number one, like hey, I made this art, somebody took it, and so I feel stolen from. But there's the other thought that she put up, which was hey, I just want to put this out there, and it's I don't mind. So there's like two aspects. Like, is it a gift or is it something I want to be reimbursed for? Because it is used for business-wise. Yeah. So those two areas are interesting. And NFT can maybe answer the business side. Mm-hmm. But I think there always should be the... I, I know there is a desire for most artists to at least just, hey, I'm just going to share this out there. That's fine. I don't mind. As long as that's always available. Uh, one of the areas I'm trying to wrap my head around is this notion of, does it always have to be tracked? 
my art? Or is it okay if I just give? Because I like the idea of also, I just want to give. I just want to share the beauty and I, I'm good. That's not for everything I make, but it is for some of the things. Like, I, I love this. I'm going to set it free. Okay, fly. And then this, this is, a, this is tied to a product. I want to own that. So I think as long as those options are available, that's fine. Sure. But there's some interesting elements of how does this make me think about art? What is the role and or proper place for art? Because this is weird to think about like, oh, I'm always going to own it, which is different, right? It's new, new line of thinking, new culture. I, I want to suggest I don't think it is new. And so take you go back to the Renaissance, like like the whole like the whole conversations these days is to know who made that piece of art. And that's what you know, that that imputes value to it, because if this is a Leonardo, it's worth more than if it was Leonardo's, you know, drunk cousin um, or, or a student in his in his studio, like like ownership or, or, or provenance becomes a critical thing. So mm. I don't think it's new. I think that in the digital world, especially when the things were like we're making stuff so rapidly mm-hmm. it makes the large scale application of that thought possible mm-hmm. you know um it depends on what you're tracking so mm-hmm. i could you know i could i could want to know like who made that really pretty you know bowl that i that i got i i, I could conceivably track an ip address on everything in my world um and ownership could become a thing that's at least knowable even if it's not important so I, I am interested in the technology. I am certainly interested in this notion of ownership, um, specifically with, with art. Um, but I don't know where it's going to go. To be really honest, it, I think that it could go a lot of ways because there does seem to be so much buzz, so much hype. You know, it's like, oh, my gosh, NFT, everything, blockchain, everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, uh, and some of it's just ridiculous. It's, um, uh, it's the Wild West. It's, it is totally. There, because there isn't, like, open source, like, everyone is kind of using their own Mm -hmm. uh, blockchain software, you know, and so it's not like I can just transfer stuff easily. And Mm -hmm. I think, I think this is one of the cases where it has to be open if we want to have the friendliest kind of system. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, I think it's, I think it's still a little wild west Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. Well, it, it, I I always go back to, to this example, and this is always this is always something that really bugged me. And concerning ownership, it's like you go to Comic Con, and you've got a fan art in like the you know the independent artist aisle, and their whole their whole um, cube, I guess it were you know, is all Spider Man, but they don't work for Marvel, and Marvel's just in the building next door. Mm-hmm. How come Marvel's not you know? I mean, how does that artist get away with making profit and money on a character in an IP that they don't have rights to, that they haven't bought, that they haven't checked off? Yeah, I don't know how that works. And, you know, Marvel's just turning a blind eye to, you know, you say the same thing about Star Wars or anything. You know, it's like I see T-shirts and Spencer's and whatever, and they're not they're not Lucas, you know, licensing, and they're not Disney or anything like that. And somebody's making money off it. It just... I don't know. Like you said, it's Wild West. You know, yeah. how does this get regulated until mm-hmm. it reaches like a million dollars and comes on now somebody's radar that owns the IP? It's like, oh, now we got to go after that individual. Right. You know, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. It's just I always found it kind of funny and fascinating 
Because yeah. I've always wanted to dabble in that. It's like, I know I could draw Captain America. I know I could draw Marvel and characters and whatever. And I could probably make a buck off of this. Mm-hmm. But what if I get caught? You know, and so that's always kind of stopped me from doing that, you know, but. It must be something different with fan art because there's, there's a, my artist friend, Wayne, he goes to Comic-Cons in Hawaii. There's like three different ones and he'll just paint a character on the spot for somebody, whatever they want. And he has his own art too. He sells, but the caricatures of their favorite character, he does it all the time. So like that's normal. It's like an industry like normality. Like draw I, me as Wolverine. I yeah. don't know. I know. I know the answer to what he's doing. That sounds legal. Okay, um, so there is a legality. There's a legality that, and the reason why is he's taking a commission. He is not, and it's for one person, right. not Individual. multiples. Mm-hmm. I don't know about the t-shirt thing. Um, yeah. I think that one starts to cross lines and that can be taken down for someone who's trying to make multiples of something to mm. sell online, to, mm-hmm. have to do that kind of stuff. They have to, um, there's some legal, legally these there that I've come across that mm. because I've followed people who do that kind of, who sell that kind of stuff, that's what their stores are all about. And they're, they're, they're writing a, a thin line sometimes. <laughs> but um, the commission ones, if you're taking a single commission for someone else you're not creating this art for everyone but just for one person Individual. that is completely mm-hmm. um within their with that, that is something you can do mm-hmm. interesting as far as i'm aware i'm curious you mentioned star wars and uh I'm, this is just one example is george lucas i think i think it's fair to say like some thousands if not hundreds of thousands of people have contributed to the value of the star yeah. wars universe mm-hmm. and i don't just mean people that lucas has paid you know in one way or another to whatever to do concept art to create a model like like in case of Star Wars, there's this huge body of people who have contributed value to that universe, to that shared fandom. And that feels like a very different thing than I wrote a book, I wrote a song, <laughs> you know, I painted a thing. Yeah. I don't know what to do with that, but it does not seem like the same kind of creature. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know. I did, you know, in that case, you talked, Aaron, earlier um, that the art that you've made for Redwall isn't owned by you. It's owned by Soma. The, so, the Soma licenses the Redwall IP from Rent. Like, there's this chain of ownership. Um, and yet many, many people have contributed to, mm-hmm. to that. And so really, is it is it the notion like that everyone could have a piece of that pie uh, who contributed to it meaningfully? I don't know. Maybe. Um, mm, it's well, an interesting legal structure. I mean, right now, I... The artwork I create for Redwall specific, our game, I am getting paid for. I get so I, and by taking that transaction, I am signing away my rights to it. So that's part of the contract. That's part of the, but the part of the contract is I'm not doing this for free. I am getting money. Yeah. Right. So, that it's just that I'm just signing away the ownership of it as a part of my contract. And I yeah. and I know that going into it. I knew well, that going into it. I I also know that there's a story uh, with Adobe concerning Photoshop and there was a point when Photoshop came out and it was like in its third and its fourth revision um, or its fourth version that it started to get onto all the wares sites mm-hmm. and it started to get hacked and yeah. cracked and people were downloading it illegally and I know that Adobe at one point had started to investing millions and millions of dollars of you know lawyers to try and get this thing you know kind of um, choked off and start pursuing a lot of these people that were doing that until it just exploded. And finally, somebody at Adobe was just like, hey, listen, you know what? This is just good business for us because at the end of the day, people aren't going to get updates. You know, people mm-hmm. aren't going to get the support that they need because they're working on a cracked version, so they don't get that support. They're going to start building their pipelines and dependencies on Photoshop 
and they're going to have to at some point come back to us <laughs> in order to continue their pipeline which they've mm -hmm. now built a dependency on and different things um and so they're just like let it ride we'll, no, it'll come back it'll come back to us i'll at tell you some what point. they did so because I, I read a statistic that photoshop was one of the most pirated pieces of software in and, and it wasn't because it was awesome which it was it was because it was really expensive um, and people yep. were using it, and it was a great tool. Uh, Adobe's answer to that was creating cloud-based services. Yep, exactly. And, like, you, it didn't, you couldn't get access to it yep. anymore. That's the whole reason they shifted their whole model mm -hmm. um, from a standalone purchase to, like, a, what would you call it, a subscription-based concurrent subscription. model, yep. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, that shut down the piracy mm -hmm. yeah. uh, right there. It did. And then you saw a lot of other companies adopt that same model, right? Oh, like, yeah. um, especially with our tools, yeah. you know, with our engines and mm -hmm. uh, mud box and just, you know, yeah. all those. All Nobody those does stuff. dongles anymore. <laughs> <laughs> dongles. That brings Nobody does words. dongles anymore. <laughs> Hardware components totally gone. Like you said, it's subscription, it's cloud. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's frustrating. It is. Oh, man. I can imagine. Having to pay a never-ending subscription fee when I used to be able to pay well, one cost, expensive cost, but one cost for this thing when I had and had the support. Yeah. yeah. That's frustrating. That became, that is a frustrating part of that service. Mm -hmm. I got to say, I'm a fan of the subscriptions. I do actually really like that. <laughs> uh, but I, I realize there's other sides of that puzzle. <laughs> it's like, eventually, it's a Photoshop will be more expensive for me to have the, as a CC, the cloud-based yeah. one, rather than the original, like, Five, I think, is what I bought. Yeah, I mean, I could still be using Adobe Photoshop 18 and be perfectly okay. Mm -hmm. um, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. it would it would do totally serviceable. But, like, I think the minimum entry into their subscription model is, like, 25 a month for, like, two or three apps. Yeah. Uh, that's multiple, not even, like, the multiple premium apps. one. But, yeah, it's, it's tough. I don't know. I pay full price for all of it. <laughs> get I it the whole thing. I got everything. 17 <laughs> Adobe Wait, can, I, can I get your login? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Show your Netflix login. Yeah. All right. So this is this is just a topic. On, I think that we would say NFTs of right now is an unknown. I mean, I think there's some really interesting ideas. I think there's some real cool possibilities. Mm -hmm. But I think it has to be played out yet. I do think from our kind of model here at Soma, like just trying to think through if we could, if we could have this conversation, like mm -hmm. what role does the ownership of art have to do? in the sort of from a kingdom of heaven on that kind of thing. Like, I don't think I know. I don't think I know yet where it goes. Um, and so I would say for me, the conclusion is we'll see what happens. Um, there's still a lot, probably a lot to think of be done. Is that kind of agree? Like it's interesting. It's coming up fast, but yeah, it's definitely interesting. One final thought though. Does that mean God's fingerprint is in every single molecule in the entire universe as an entity? And he owns it all. Well, he does, <laughs> but. But he gave it away. <laughs> All right. So thanks very much. And uh, we will see you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us. This is just one offering from Soma Soulworks, a production of Soma Games. To learn more, check out somasoulworks.com. And we'd appreciate your support through patreon.com slash somasoulworks.